welcome you to the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. Tony Andraki here with Andy Martinez and we have a really fun podcast for you guys. We're going to answer a bunch of your questions as submitted via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and then, you know, honestly, a couple just have randomly popped up here and there. So it's all things Cubs, it's MLB offseason. There's some fun nerdy ones in there yep. too, which Andy, I know you're very excited <laughs> yep. about. Uh, so we have a lot of fun with this. It, it's kind of a perfect time with this in the off season in general. So let's start off with our sponsor from Wintrust, yes. which I was surprised to see this. On, uh, on Facebook, they submitted a question. Great one to start us off. Andy, who are some Cubs players that you think will break out next season? That was a really good one. I, I have to agree. When I first saw that, I'm like, oh, sweet. Like they're, they're in it. We're, we're going to have some fun. Um, my initial go-to reaction was Hayden Wesneski, and that's kind of a cop-out because he kind of broke out, but I think he really will come into his own in 2023. Um, I think he's going to be with the Cubs for, you know, barring health through the whole season. I think he's really going to be a really key uh, arm coming here in 2023. I think it kind of depends on how you define breakout because to me, I think Seiya Suzuki's breakout is coming. Mm -hmm. And I think you can already argue that, sure, he broke out. Like, he was a sure. valuable defense, just overall. He was a val he was worth two war in his first rookie season. Like, he's a good outfielder, you know, has, has a good strong arm. You know, he, he flashed at the plate at various points. But I think the Seiya Suzuki that we've seen is just scratching the surface. Yeah. So I believe he will break out. He has talked about how he hopes and the potential is that he is an all-star player in the future. I think that's possible. Hayden Wesneski is a great one. Uh, you know, looking just back at 2022, I think we can say that Keegan Thompson, and Justin Steele were breakout players in different regards. Nico Horner too. Nico Horner, Christopher Morrell, um, and then I mean, honestly, another one that I'm thinking about is uh, Brennan Davis. Yeah. I think Brennan Davis, if he is healthy, he has a good chance. I I would say good chance of even making the opening day roster because of how advanced he was. We thought we would see him in 2022. So for me, I think Brennan Davis is a guy that, again, assuming health with that kind of weird, tricky, mysterious back issue, if he's good in 2023, I think he's a guy that, that could take the next step to stardom. And I was going to go with Brendan Davis, but I kind of thought you would go with Brendan okay. Davis. So I was like, let me go with, I'll go on the pitching like side. Yeah. So, you know, trying to think of differently, but I'm glad we got Brendan Davis because I agree. I, you know, I think we would have seen, if had he been healthy, we would have seen him in the big leagues already. We would have been talking about this guy's potential piece in the outfield going into this season. As it stands, I think he'll still be a part of the Cubs in 2023 in some capacity, whether that's opening day, whether that's June, whether that's later in the season, I don't know. But I think we will see him in 2023 playing some, some key roles for the Cubs. Yeah, and honestly, I, I guarantee, too, that there's going to be a breakout or two in the bullpen because yeah. there always is. You mm -hmm. know, we had Brandon Hughes this year and, like, in years past, there always is a yeah. breakout for sure. Scott Efros, but in large part this year and yeah. towards the end of last season of 2021 as well. So I guarantee um, the guy that sticks out to me is Jeremiah Estrada because his stuff is so nasty. Yeah. So if he can hone that in, get his secondary pitches, you know, really honed in as well, I think that he's a guy who could be pitching the seventh, eighth, maybe even the ninth inning by the time 2023 is over. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a great question to start us off. So thank you very much, Wintrust, for that regard. Uh, then we have from um, some dude named Jordan B. Um, <laughs> Jordan B. Yeah. Uh, he, he may or may not work for Cubs.com. But uh, he asked, was Jar Jar, I'm assuming Jar Jar Banks, yes. uh, secretly a dark lord of the Sith, the true phantom menace within an abandoned storyline? 
I have no idea how to address this, so this is all you, Andy. I mean, it's a fan theory out there that was considered an abandoned theory that Jar Jar was the secret behind the Empire taking over in Star Wars um, because he voted to give the Chancellor emergency powers, and that's how the Chancellor became the Emperor, and that's how Darth Vader came to be, and you know, the darkness of the Empire came to be. So I, there's definitely some credence to it. I personally don't believe it, but it's definitely fun. It's like a conspiracy theory within a made-up world, which is pretty awesome. I, I like those. Everything you said just went over my head, and I've seen those movies. There's like and I'm maybe like with... three people that will get that, and I'm glad yeah. that they're going to get that. All right. Well, for those three, we are very <laughs> grateful to Jordan B for submitting that question. Uh, we also have one from Ryan H, who we are familiar with as yes. well. Uh, so Ryan H asks again. This is just for you. <laughs> which cub had the best Ulrag? That's U L R A G of the year. Uh, I think we need to define for our listeners and viewers what yeah. an Ulrag is. So an Ulrag originally started as just like a, a nice gimmick between some co-workers here at Marquee. It stands for Unlikely Long Relief Appearance Gem. And it was a stat that I made up, two and a third innings, less than three runs allowed. Uh, that was it. You know, I just thought there were some times where guys would come in, in, in a, whether it was a blowout win or loss, and they would pitch well. And I'm like, they should get credit for, some, for, doing, for pitching well in there. And, I, and as it started as a joke, it kind of spread. Uh, my ultimate favorite, based on the conditions, was Mark Leiter against the Red Sox when he pitched five and a third in relief after Alec Mills, I think, two or, threw two or three pitches and then had a back injury, and Mark Leiter just had to come in and really shut down the Boston Red Sox lineup and, and, and pitched really well. So that's mine. The Luis Garcia uh, in the playoffs just recently, oh, yeah. uh, five innings in relief in the 18-inning game. That, that qualifies, and that, I think that's pretty impressive. That was. That was very, very impressive to see Luis yeah. Garcia do that. But although he was built up as a starter, so I don't but know. But you didn't expect it, so it's that's unlikely. True. That's true. It's unlikely. All right. That, fills, that <laughs> fulfills the you part of this. Um, okay, so another one that's kind of nerdy here, and, and again, three straight for Andy, which is totally fine from my regard. <laughs> this is from Brandon Lee, comma, but undead. Okay. Um, so great username. If you could design a Cubs and Star Wars promo slash game day giveaway what would it be andy so i really loved the mandalorian that they gave the little bobblehead that they gave away i didn't get one of those but they were really really cool when i saw them <laughs> you didn't get, so if anybody there, has putting one, it out there yes. putting it out there um that one was really good but I, we kind of this previewing we might be jumping up ahead a little bit but i really loved uh bodie fett uh, like boba fett a play on words i really think like a david bodie body with a, a mandalorian helmet on would be really really cool i think that would be a lot of fun okay all right, that's pretty good. Um, I think, you know, his status on the roster may be a bit in question, yes, too. But I like the, the plan words. Yeah, okay. All right, that's a pretty good one. Um, all right, this is this is one from Casey S. Favorite Cubs moment of the 2022 season? I'll answer this one first because you took yeah. the last few. But mine was a little bit under the radar. But when I saw this question, the first thing that popped into my head was when Wilson Contreras had – Christopher Morrell like calmed down mm -hmm. and then Morrell ended up having the game winning RBI. I thought that was really cool. It was amazing work by our marquee camera operators to yeah. capture that moment. It was just a great shot that you can't write where you see Wilson in the on deck circle. You see Morrell turn after getting down 0-2. You see him say calm down. You see Morrell take the huge breath. It was like literally a moment that you feel like you watch in, TV, in like a movie and I'm almost getting chills like kind of thinking about how perfect this all was. You capture it on camera. He steps in and, you know, shortly after gets the game-winning RBI, talks about it after, was very selfless. Wilson talked. It was just a cool storyline. So, like, that's one of the things that I feel like when I look back at the 2022 season, I remember that more than yeah. any other. And, and not necessarily, like, a game or whatever else, but, like, that one singular moment was awesome. 
Yeah, I, there's a ton that I, I'm going to mention them all just so I can get them in there. But say Suzuki's inside the park home run. I'd yep. never seen one live. That was really cool. Uh, the immaculate inning by Hayden Wisniewski was really, really cool. The Adrian Sampson performance as the Cubs beat the swept the Mets was really, really cool. Yep. But my favorite was a Marcus Stroman uh, in Toronto where he, you know, the fan meets him and is yeah. crying and is so excited to meet Marcus Stroman. Uh, and then Marcus gives him, finds out they're from London, gets some tickets to the London series next year. I thought that was a really, really awesome moment and just like a heartwarming moment that I think is the beauty about baseball, right? Like yep. at the end of the day, there's fans that love these players and these players appreciate that and give that back. I thought that was a really, really cool, wholesome moment to, to see. Yeah, and honestly, my uh, honorable mention will go to the one-year anniversary of Javi Baez breaking the Pirates. Yes. Obviously not a 2022, but just that one-year anniversary is a yeah. quick tie. But that's a play that I'll never forget. That, I mean, that, that one, incredible. yeah, that's in there too. Yeah, like I'll, I'll, I, I'll use that for five straight years running because that was something I've never seen. Yeah, um, so probably we'll never see again. Probably not, for sure. And hopefully, you know, other defenders out there understand <laughs> not to do what, uh, who is it, Will Craig? Yeah. Is that who that was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so this one from Curtis A, Curtis with a K, uh, using the Cubs, the 2022 Cubs final home game lineup, match each player with their Star Wars or MCU character. So Andy and I were nerding out over this a little before yes. the pod. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Curtis, for the question. We appreciate that. Um, so this lineup will go in order first, and then we threw a couple guys who weren't in the lineup just because we had other characters we yep. were having fun. Uh, so Zach McKintry went R2-D2. I'll let you take that one. Yeah. Does a little bit of everything. R2-D2 mm -hmm. in a pinch, you know, can unlock a door, can repair your ship, can do a little bit of everything. Zach McKintry, play second base, can play third base if you need him to, play shortstop. Thought it was a seamless fit. Does a little bit of everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Wilson Contreras, we had as Obi-Wan Kenobi, but old Obi-Wan. Yeah. So, like, he because he's been around for a little bit longer, mm -hmm. he's the seasoned vet, as we just talked about with the Morel example, uh, he's kind of the, he was a guiding force in a lot of ways, I feel like, especially for the young Latin players in this team. Yeah, that was, to me, the seamless transition. Let's skip ahead really quickly to kind of explain why we said old Obi-Wan. Sure. Ian Happ, who batted fourth that last home game, uh, we went with young Obi-Wan because we've kind of seen him do the, you know, the, the mentoring and the helping out. Young Obi-Wan mentored Anakin Skywalker. So that kind of was the tie-in. Ian Happ a little bit younger than, than Wilson Contreras, not as much service time. That was the uh, old and old, old and young Obi Wan. Plus, young Obi Wan was played by Ewan McGregor, yeah. which is very close to Ian. So, yeah, like Ewan, Ian, yeah. Ewan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought I like that for sure. Um, so, circling back, Seiya Suzuki hit three. Han Solo, and might seem a little unconventional, but my pitch to you when I said this was, uh, he was like this young, younger hotshot guy who kind of came out of nowhere yeah. and suddenly became this integral part of, and character which I feel like that's what Suzuki was. I mean, yeah. he wasn't even a top prospect. Obviously, he didn't even play American baseball prior to 2022. And now he's a main character, central theme, hitting in the middle of the lineup, you know, played 130-plus games this year. Like, very important character, especially moving forward, too. Yeah, I agree. I like that one. You kind of sold me on that one. At first, I kind of didn't see it. You explained it. I was all in on it. The next guy's Nico Horner. To me, this was a layup. You kind of Same. agreed with me right away. Luke Skywalker. I mean, it's... I mean, it's fitting. They're blonde. They're blonde. <laughs> Both pretty attractive young men, yeah. uh, and they're they're the future of yes of what is the future of the Cubs. Luke Skywalker is the future of the Jedi. Same kind of concept. Yeah, I feel like if you're writing the story of the Cubs moving forward in 2023 and beyond, Nico Horner is the main character of that, yep. or at least close to it. Obviously, in Star Wars, from the very first movie that ever was released, even though it was the fourth in the series, whatever. However, that whole thing worked yeah. out. Luke Skywalker was the the 
the Correct. main character. Uh, so this one was fun. So Frenmil Reyes was next. I said Chewbacca, and this was just because he's the biggest player on the team. Chewbacca was the biggest player on the Star Wars team. Yeah, he was. He's the biggest guy. And also, Chewbacca was. You know, there's moments where Han Solo's petting him, and, and they're having yeah. the funny interactions. Um, but when it got down to it, when it was fighting, he was. You know, that was the guy you didn't want to go up against. Frenmil Reyes is a big teddy bear. Yeah. Uh, that's what Christopher Morel called him. When you get in the box, you don't want to throw him anything near the plate because he's going to crush the ball. So I thought the comp really, really worked there. Uh, so next up was P.J. Higgins, who played first base that day. Uh, so we had as Mando from the Mandalorian series, basically because most of the time he was catching, so he was wearing a big helmet. Yeah. And uh, wait, well, I forgot the other reason for it. He just kind of goes under the radar. You oh, don't, that's right, You yeah. don't really... You, Quiet, you know, unassuming. Does, he does a pretty good job, but you don't see it. You know, he's not the flashiest guy. Guys are always complimenting him. Mandalorian, Mando does gets his job done. Don't really, you know, he's not the, the, the outward-facing guy. So that was the comp there. And then you mentioned this one before. David Bodie's up next. The uh, the Bodie Fett, yeah. uh, I think, is a, just a fun play on words. So, yeah, that was it. it. Made, made, made sense. Easy, yeah. easy comp. Uh, Nelson Velasquez, Jar Jar Binks. Uh, you can kind of test to this one too, more, but, you know, they're both so vibrant. Yeah. They're vibrant. Uh, Nelson, you see him in the clubhouse. He's always dancing. He's always singing. He's always talking to guys. Very, very vibrant. Yeah, and I think just too like, Jar Jar Binks is like this memorable character, yeah. even though he maybe did not have had like a ton of screen time. It wasn't super important to the plot. Maybe that other conspiracy theory you're talking about. <laughs> but like, um, I think Nelson Velasquez didn't play a ton, but like he was a, a big part of this team in a yeah. lot of ways, and he was like you said, a good, fun, young personality. Like brought a smile to a lot of people's face. Um, but that's kind of funny. Did you ever think we'd have a Cubs Weekly podcast where we'd mention Jar Jar Binks twice on it? I know. This is the most I've mentioned Jar Jar Binks actually in a long time, probably. So. <laughs> Since like last yeah, week. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I got gotcha. you. Actually yesterday, but we'll saw this team gone. <laughs> uh, the next one is Marcus Stroman. And we went with Lando Calrissian, which yeah. I thought makes a ton of sense. Very charismatic. Lando was really, really good at everything he did. Marcus Stroman's a really good pitcher. Thought that was an easy comp too. I uh, yeah, there was a layup for sure. Uh, so that does it from the starting lineup, but we had three more just because yeah. I think there were some good fits. So similar to the Jar Jar Binks reasoning, but even to another level, Christopher Morel. You ask fans about him, uh, any other players, but really particularly the fan favorite of the team, I think, in 2022 was Morel. Fan favorite of any Star Wars series, I think, is Baby Yoda. Yeah, like, he we stole look at, everyone's heart. Absolutely. Like, you you didn't know that that was coming, and then it became your favorite character. Same thing with Christopher Morello. You didn't expect him to come to the major leagues, and when he got here, he was a lot of people's favorite player. Yep. So I love that one. Uh, Jan Gomes was the Qui-Gon Jinn, and you had a great reasoning for this. Yeah, so Qui-Gon Jinn was the mentor to Obi-Wan Kenobi, was the one who discovered Anakin Skywalker. Jan Gomes has really been helping the young pitchers, helping the, the guys as they get adjusted to the big league. He's been a great catcher for game planning and everything. I just thought the the helpfulness, the the master-to-apprentice type help, or connection was made a lot of sense there. And then uh, last one, just real quick, David Ross was regular Yoda, or yeah. old Yoda, if you want to call him that. I won't necessarily say the word yeah. old in David <laughs> Ross, because uh, we're right across the street and he knows where we work. But but yeah, I think, you know, the wise mentor, the, the guy, we we saw that when he was here in 2015 and 16. Yeah. So, so that's our sense. Cubs Star Wars lineup. Uh, a lot of fun. Again, thanks, Curtis, for that question. Um, this next one was from Santo. I have no idea if it's in any relation to Ron or not. But essentially asking, are the Cubs going to open the wallet this winter? Will they try to get top free agents? And generally asking expectations for the 2023 season. 
I simple answer. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of financial flexibility. I think that they will absolutely try to get some of the top free agents. I, I can't guarantee that'll happen. I think it depends a lot on what the market is, but like any of the top four shortstops, any of the top pitchers, maybe even, you know, the Aaron Judge range or if Nolan Arenado opts out, which I'm not expecting him to, right. you know, I think some of these guys make a lot of sense for the Cubs. I absolutely expect them to be in the market, regardless of whether they sign them or not. I can't tell you, but I think they're going to spend some money for sure this winter. I, I agree too. You know, I think it just makes a ton of sense where, where they're at given the second half of the season, what kind of transpired over the course of that second half of the season, where some of their prospects are, where some of the young players are. It makes sense to augment that with some, with some, you know, with some pitching, with the short, potential shortstop, things like that. I think they will, you know, be a player in the free agent market. And then uh, one here from uh, Lidvengren. I, I don't know. It was on Instagram. Yeah, it was yeah. on Instagram. Um, so thoughts on the upcoming offseason. So th- there's not really any specifics for this, so I'll take it a different way. I think I'm going to probably take some time off, maybe go on a trip or something yeah. here or there, especially <laughs> around the holidays. Uh, just kind of enjoy a little bit of the downtime. Uh, what about you? Thoughts on the upcoming Same thing, off-season? you know, as the players say, take a couple weeks off and yeah. get right back into the grind of things, get ready for the for the next season. Yeah, you really probably two, three weeks off, let the arm rest, and I'll yeah. get back off the mound. Yeah, exactly. Play, no. some, play some short toss. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously you meant about the Cubs offseason. General thoughts is I just think, I think the Cubs, this is going to be one of the most entertaining offseasons we've, it really in Marquis history, I believe it will be yeah. the most entertaining. Um, but just look at what they did last Winter and the 100-day lockout was right smack in the middle. But if you look at it, by and large, you have Marcus Stroman, Seiya Suzuki, Jan Gomes, like some of the other pitchers they signed. Like there was, it was a good offseason and it generated some buzz, but like the lockout maybe dampened it, uh, you know, dampened that down a bit. I think that there's going to be even more buzz this offseason. I think it's going to be very interesting. Like we said earlier, I think the Cubs, there's a reasonable connection to be made from any of the top free agents this winter, plus potential trades. Yeah. My thoughts on the offseason, kind of similar to that. I think get ready for you and I for it to be a busy offseason. I think we're going to, I think there's going to be a lot going on and I think it's going to be a fun offseason if you're a Cubs fan. Yeah, should be a lot of fun for sure. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll answer a bunch more of your questions. We know you love Chicago. You devour the pizza, admire Chicago's skyline, and cheer on Chicago sports teams, especially the Cubs. If you wanted to live in a more boring place, you'd live in St. Louis. Why not bank with Chicago's bank too? Upgrade your wallet with an exclusive Wintrust Cubs debit card, which you can get when you open a Wintrust Cubs checking account. Show your Cubs pride and open an account at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. All right, we're back here answering more questions on our mailbag edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast. Andy, KCS wants to know, prediction for next season's record. I'll let you take it first. Yeah, I'm going to go with 86 wins, 76 losses. Um, that's very, you know, specific. I could have gone 85 or whatever, but they played at a roughly a 90-win pace after the – was it right before the All-Star break to the end of the season, uh, starting with that Mets win. I don't think they're going to win 90 games. Yeah, I think that's a big jump for for this upcoming season. But I do think you know 86 is is a good number right around there for for me for the amount of wins that they'll they'll make. Yeah, I mean honestly, what you're talking about right there, 86 wins. I, I think 86 or 87 range because it's it's a modest improvement from last year or from 2022. Mm-hmm. That's 12 extra wins. That's not crazy, especially yeah. when you consider. The, the potential for better health, especially in the starting rotation, and adding talent and, and seeing other guys take steps forward, like we're talking about with Suzuki, I think that's totally within the realm of possibility. Obviously, it depends on what you know happens this offseason, so 
we'll, we'll have another podcast like this and we'll give our updated prediction. But like realistically, just even what the Cubs have in house, I could see an 82 to 84 win team supplement that, you know, like I yeah. think what the Cubs are doing depth wise is impactful, especially in the pitching staff and will move forward. Um, and then just kind of going along those lines. So Susanna W asked, do you think the Cubs will make the 2023 postseason? I think that they're at least going to be in the running. I don't want to say yes right now until I see what happens in the offseason. But last, you know, this year, the Phillies, are, they're in the NLCS right now. They had 87 regular season wins. With the way the playoff format is, 86, 87 wins could get you in the playoffs next year. Yeah, that's where I was. I didn't want to say yes or no because not even just with what the Cubs are going to do, but with what the other teams are going sure. to do, right? Like, I, like I, there's going to be some improvements and regression on, from plenty of teams. What kind of happens is going to be interesting. Um, I, the 87 win puts you definitely in the conversation. You're definitely playing meaningful games in September, August, and September, and October. But does that mean you're a playoff team? Not sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think we'll kind of reserve full predictions for, like I said, until like you know shortly before spring training yeah. starts. But check back us with us then, uh, Susanna and uh, who was that, Casey. Um, Susanna also just said, this wasn't a question, but she said, I love Morell. Um, I mean, so far I do too. I think yeah. he's a great kid. Uh, so I love that. But there were several Morell questions that we had. Ann L asked, do you see, foresee Morell retaining the multi-tool function next year or getting locked in at one spot? And then Faceless Man asked, assuming full health, how many games does Morell start for the Cubs next year? And is that at multiple positions or center field? They're kind of both in one, so like yeah. I'll let you take that first. Yeah, I, I think he's still going to be the multifunction role. I think if the Cubs add a center fielder, we might see him play a little less center field. David Ross has mentioned middle of the infield is his spot. If he if it is, you know, I, th- I think we see him augmenting, you know, at shortstop, at second base, maybe at third base, maybe at center field. I think there's still some versatility in having that, or some some positiveness in having that that vers- versatile option there. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and you know, he was awesome when he first came up. But remember, this is a guy who had just 10 games in AAA yeah. before coming up. He is a part of the 40-man roster. I certainly think he's a part of the future. But, like, you know, there's some real holes in his swing in the final couple months as the league adjusted to him. And he really I, – I thought he performed great over the final two, three weeks of the season as well. So maybe he carries that over in next mm-hmm. season. I can't guarantee, like, where he's going to play, how much he's going to play. I could see it going one of two ways where he is a huge part of the team and it's in the super utility role, playing, you know, right. maybe 50-plus games in center field and maybe 40 at second base, uh, you know, 10 or so at short, 40 at third or something like that. Right. Who knows? Uh, maybe backing up the corner outfield spots, whatever it may be. Um, and I could also see a scenario where maybe they add enough impact talent this winter and Morrell gets more seasoning at AAA and hones in some of the things they want him to work on. He's still just 23. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think there's a wide array of options that could happen with Morrell next year. But regardless, I think he's a big part of their future, too. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Christopher Morrell this upcoming season and we're going to see it in the same role, which is something that he's mentioned. He's, he's OK with. He wants to just help the team win. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes to one of the other questions, too, of like what happens with other parts of the roster. Seiya Suzuki, we know, is in right field for several more years. Ian Happ is in left field for 2023. Is Ian Happ in left field after that? Like, He's a guy that the Cubs have talked about wanting to potentially extend because it makes a lot of sense. He stepped up as a leader, consistent player, all-star. If they extend him... Who plays center? Because you have Morrell, Brandon Davis, right. Darius Hill is an option. Alexander uh, And then Nelson Velasquez. Like, you don't have room for all of these guys as right. well. So, I just, I don't know how that all shakes out. 
I'm very curious to, to see how it plays out. Uh, but yeah, you know, and that's also if, if Hap sticks, if maybe Hap doesn't stay, stick after 2023 or sign an extension. But I think that'll have a trickle-down effect. Uh, so another question here from N. Lampert. Can you guys buy me season tickets for the 2023 season? Uh, no, we can't. So next question. <laughs> uh, K.L. Duckworth. So this is similar to like the Star Wars thing, but MCU, Marvel Comics, or is that with the Cinematic. C? Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Got it. Thank you. Uh, so 2016 Cubs as characters from Marvel. I like what they started out with here. So I'm just going to read there. Okay. Iron Man as Anthony Rizzo. Yep. I like that. Makes a lot of sense. He was the guy that was here first, yep. so to speak. Iron Man was the original Avenger, or I guess that was technically Captain America, but Iron Man was the first movie guy yep. that came out. Uh, Cap with Bryant. I could see that. The wholesome, you know, yeah. like guy who, I, I think it fits, yeah. especially. Um, Hawkeye, John Lester. I didn't get that one. Pinpoint accuracy. Lefty. Makes his pitches. Yeah, like I think there was some some fit there. I, okay. I wasn't totally against it, but I wasn't gung-ho about that that uh, matchup for sure. Maybe it is just the lefty thing. I yeah. can totally see that. Uh, Hulk Schwarber. I think that's perfect. Yeah, I think I think it's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Star-Lord Baez. I like this a lot. In a lot of ways, I just think Star-Lord is the most fun character. Yeah. Like, sense of humor and stuff. And Javi, I think, was the most fun player on the team. Yeah, I think so. I, I thought that one was just a, a natural fit. I thought it, it makes sense. Uh, Doctor Strange, Kyle Hendricks. I like this a lot. Just, I mean, anything with Doctor and Professor goes hand in hand. So I thought that was kind of perfect. Although I think Doctor Strange is more rude and curt and, and egotistical. And, yeah, but opposite of Hendricks, but yeah. the Doctor Professor hook. I both see. very very smart guys. Yeah, both guys that can you know do surgery one day and then save the world or you know pitching Game Seven of the World Series. Yeah, and pulling a lot of strings, which exactly. is what Hendricks does yeah, a lot with exactly. his changeup. So uh, Nick Fury, Theo. GM, architect of it all. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yep. Agent Coulson, Joe Madden. kind of makes sense. Yep. The guy right below Nick Fury. Yep. Get that. Uh, so who is Thor was the question from Kale Duckworth. Uh, maybe Schwarber, but then who is Hulk? My thought for Thor is Jake Arrieta. That, so I actually thought the reverse. He said maybe it's Schwarber, but then who is Hulk? I thought Jake Arrieta because when he gets mad and he's mm-hmm. in there, that's the last guy you want to face. Hulk, you know, he gets mad, he gets big and green. You don't want to face him. I think both work, though. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, the way that Schwerber, Schwerber with the bat could be like Thor with a hammer. hammer. So yeah. I could see that, too. I think either guy are kind of interchangeable for Agreed. sure. Um, anything else on there? Like, I noticed no Ben Zobrist at all, but I don't know what character he Yeah, Ben be. Zobrist, uh, it's, that's tough to, like, find a good comp. I'm trying to think off the top of my head something I can, like, improvise and do like do a little bit of everything you know i think like black panther could like create anything you wanted with vibranium so maybe there's a fit there that's just like, spitballing off the top of my head though yeah i overall i thought it was a pretty cool list so yeah. kale duckworth very well done photo kid three what's the first baseman situation looking like next year so we answer a lot of these we have a state of the cub series that andy and i have yep. done and uh we have some videos and written content so check it out on marqueesportsnetwork.com or on the app first base uh situation is definitely up in the air, and this kind of goes with the next question too from Teddy. Would adding a 36-year-old player with positional limitations be wise? The idea of clogging DH at bats with a player that doesn't provide Otani, Alvarez, or Harper-type numbers or value does not seem wise. I think I assume what they're talking about is Jose Brady there. I that, think so. That makes a ton of sense. I I don't know exactly what the first baseman situation looks like next year. Again, we've talked a lot about that. But to me, if Jose Abreu is out there, Jose Abreu makes a ton of sense in the middle of this lineup. I do too. Hits both righties and lefties. 
you know, I asked David Ross towards the end of the, the season, are you worried if you added a right hand, another right-handed hitter, you'd become too right-handed heavy? And he says, I, he says if they can hit both sides, I don't care if they're righty-lefty. If they're a good player, I want them. You know, the, the Cardinals are a very right-handed heavy team. Jose Abreu specifically is a guy who hits both sides. I think he has a ton of value in the middle of the lineup. He fills a hole that the Cubs have. And, and I think it, it just benefits the Cubs overall to have someone that can hit 300, mm-hmm. that can, you know, hit hit doubles and, and drive in runs. I think it, it helps them overall in the, in the in 2023. Yeah, and I mean, I get the, point, the fact that he's 36 or going to be 36, positional yeah. limitations. I, I don't know that Fredmail Reyes is locked in, like he's going to be the DH as of next year. But if he struggles for a month, like there's no guarantee the Cubs are going to stick with him right. for that. At first base, like Matt Mervis is a great prospect. There's no guarantee he's going to pan out. Right. And even if he does, like who better to learn from than a guy like Jose Abreu, who's been as consistent as it com- as they come at the first base position and hitting, driving in runs. Dude, even if he doesn't hit 20 homers in a season, which I don't think he did this year, he still drives at 100 runs. Right. Like, he's incredible at that high average, like does so many things well. And it would probably be a shorter-term contract, again, if he's available, if the White Sox choose to let him go. I do think that there's a, a fit there. And then he could take place as the old Obi-Wan for us if yeah. Wilson Contreras <laughs> does move on. So um, so I like that. But, yeah, you know, independent of that, like Alfonso Rivas is an option at first base, Patrick Wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a lot of different options, um, but nothing set in stone. So I yep. think that would be – that would be uh, it's an avenue for them to add impact talent. There's not a ton out there besides Abreu and free agency. Yeah. Uh, JT Stein, why not extend Wilson Contreras? So I know we just touched on it a bit, just like if Wilson moves on. I think that's probably the more likely solution or scenario right now. Why not extend him? I think because you have the opportunity to add impact talent elsewhere, use yeah. that money and financial flexibility elsewhere. He is a, a catcher who, you know, is going to be on the wrong side of 30. You know, he turned 30 this year. Like, he's been great for this team. He's fantastic. He has been a leader. He also deserves to get like the big contract that he wants, and I don't know that that's the Cubs are going to be willing to hand that out because they already have Jan Gomes, who they love his yeah. game, his game managing skills, his work behind the play with the pitching staff. Like they really love what Jan Gomes adds, and he's 35, but he still has a couple years left as well. They have PJ Higgins and then Miguel Amaya, who they still believe in. He's been hit, you know, tough injury luck, prospect coming up as catcher. I don't know if they want to lock down. Wilson in that catcher spot for a while and like we said at DH I think they there's other options there than having Wilson DH four or five times a week or three times a week whatever it is but that's kind of my reasoning behind it I, I I'm on the fence I see the reason that why fans for sure want to bring him back like any member of the 16 team but also like I think it might be a pairing or a situation where it's the best of both worlds for both sides that he gets his big contract and the Cubs just move forward. Yeah, that's kind of you saw most of the words out of my words out of my mouth. I you know I think I understand why fans would want to see him back, but there's just so much that the Cubs value in Jan Gomes and in PJ Higgins that they're okay if he were to leave. They're going to extend him the qualifying offer. There's there's no guarantee that he won't accept it. So you right. you can't totally dismiss that opinion. But the, but the most likely outcome, as you mentioned, is that he probably you know signs elsewhere. Uh, and and for for most of the reasons that that you said, yeah, and I mean it, it's with the new rules too, with like limit on how many times you can throw over to first base and bigger bases. Um, that will probably mean base running and stolen bases are more prevalent within the game. You want somebody like Wilson Contreras' arm back there. Jan Gomes is older, but he's still pretty good at throwing out runners yeah. too. So um, I, I think there's a lot of reasons that could be said on both sides for sure. 
maybe it is something where he takes the qualifying offer. I think it's more likely that he cashes in his big opportunity here. Yep. And I think it's more likely that another team besides the Cubs gives yep. him that. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so this is from Brock and Jock. Will the Cubs sign a free agent shortstop, or could they trade for one? Nico staying at shorts is Nico staying at shortstop or moving back to second base? Well, Mr. Brock, this is the question of the offseason because yes. it really is. They have four. We have Danzy Swanson, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, and Carlos Correa available in free agency. Again, assuming Correa opts out, which he said he was going to. Those are four studs yeah. available. They all play shortstop, potentially could play other spots, could move Nico. Either way, this is the question of the offseason. What happens to those guys and what happens with the Cubs? Yeah, that is the, the million-dollar question. Actually, it's probably a multi-million-dollar question. Probably 200 million, yeah, literally, million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think they will add one. I think they'll they'll come to terms with one. That's just me thinking out loud. And if they do, I think Nico Horner moves to second base, and it gives the Cubs arguably the best middle infield defense in baseball. That's something when you think about some of the guys they have pitching, whether it's a Marcus Stroman or Kyle Hendricks who are contact first. That's you always love to see that behind you if you're one of those pitchers. I do think they'll they'll explore that market and be players for sure in that market. Yeah, I mean, really, they just need to add high-end talent, star power, yeah. which is something Jed Hoyer talked about as end-of-season presser, adding star power. These guys are legitimate stars. And even as they age throughout the contract, the Cubs don't have an, an in-house option that should lock down third base for years, at least as of now. Maybe right. Morrell, maybe a prospect like James Triantos or Chase Strumpf kind of takes that and runs with it. But as of now, they don't. So maybe one of them moves over there or Nico has some experience over there as well. Either way, I think adding more good players is not a bad thing. And like you said, you know, with up the middle defense without shifts, it's also a good thing for the pitching staff. Yeah. So, and all four of those guys are very good defenders and were rated very highly at shortstop in 2022. Mm -hmm. So, will they sign it? I, I don't know. I'm not 100% as, as confident as you are. I think they will do everything they can to sign one of them. I would not be surprised at all if any of them are signed. Uh, all of them except for Correa have the qualifying offer attached to, which, yeah. which would mean, you know, loss of a draft pick as compensation. Uh, so Spins and Steins asks, what are your projections for center field, shortstop, first, second, third, and third starters in 2023? Free agents, prospects, names. Um, all right, so we talked a little bit about center field already. I think another option to throw out there would be Brandon Nimmo. He's yep. a free agent. Again, I, I think for all the reasons we talked about, there's a lot of outfielders coming up through the system. You eventually probably hand over the center field range to Pico Armstrong, at least yeah. in an ideal world you know, a couple of years down the road. Uh, but then maybe Nimmo moves to one of the corner spots. But I do think Nimmo is a fit in multiple regards. I don't know exactly what kind of contract he would get. Um, I, I'm really curious what the market would be, but he's not a superstar player that would be a $150, $200 million player, I would but assume. But he's a really solid player that you he would is. add to any lineup. Good defender, left-handed hitter. And he'd be like the guy that you pencil in for 140 games in the leadoff yep. spot. Cubs have not had that since Dexter Fowler. I think he could make a lot of sense as like kind of this dark horse candidate for center field. Yeah, I love that for, for center field. You know, I think if they don't go and sign someone like Brandon Nimmo, there's going to be the in-house options that we've mentioned, whether it's someone like Morrell, Brennan Davis, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's those options. And I'm also curious to see what happens in the, the non-tender. You, know, yeah. you know, I think someone like Cody Bellinger could be an interesting – If seems like he might be a non-tender candidate. 
Do you take a flyer on him like the Cubs kind of did with Jackson Frazier um, this past season? There's there's a lot of options in center field that I think is going to be a really interesting position, just as interesting almost as shortstop, I think. Yeah, for sure. And um, as the shortstop starter, you know, we touched on it. Like if they sign one of those guys and they don't want to move them off the position, then they're the, the starting shortstop, one of the top free agents. Otherwise, it's Nico Horner's job. Yep. I think that's pretty simple. Uh, first base, again, we touched on it. You know, guy like a Brady makes sense. You know, maybe Mervis wins the job out of opening, uh, sorry, on opening day out of spring training. Afonso Rivas an option, P.J. Higgins, Patrick Wisdom also kind of in the mix there. Um, there may be another guy or two that they would sign, like Brandon Bell is going to be a free agent. Right. Some other guys that could be fits. I think it's probably more likely to some of the other guys that we just mentioned. Yep. Um, second base, I think, again, depends on shortstop. Yeah. If Nico... is a domino effect. Exactly. And really, that's that, that fulfills third base as well. Like, Whatever happens at shortstop, you enter that question first. Then you figure out second base and third base. Yep. I think Patrick Wisdom is certainly in play at, at third. Nico Horner is probably a factor at both. And then Nick Madrigal, if, if he is healthy and can stay on the field, I think he eats up a lot of time at second base too. Yeah, and, and I think you know Zach McKinstry too plays a role. If you, if you yeah, move Nico to second, you have a shortstop. Third base, you put Patrick Wisdom platooning with Zach McKinstry. I think that benefits both players, lefty-righty, righty-lefty. I think it works out uh, for the Cubs' benefit, too, to, to kind of have that platoon role there at third base. Yeah, and then, I mean, you have Christopher Morrell, and as of now, David Bodie's under contract. And, right. you know, we'll see, like, they have a 40-man crunch this winter, so I don't know if a guy like Bodie or, you know, maybe on the outside looking in. It just kind of depends. Same right. with center field and Rafael Ortega. Like, he could be back. Probably more likely is they part ways with him. But, again, we'll see. We'll yeah. see how this plays out. I think the Cubs do have a lot of in-house options. I mentioned Trace Strump, Chase Strumpf earlier. He and Jake Slaughter have performed well in double-A. One of those guys could be up playing third base as well in 2023 at some point. Uh, Alex W. asks, who is the Cubs' future? I like this question because it's very, like, broad scale. Yeah. I think Nico Horner, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, Hayden Wesneski were, like, four of the names that came to mind, and Seiya Suzuki yeah. for sure. I think those were, like, five, four or five of the names that, that came to mind first when I read this question and thought about it. Those were the exact same five guys. I was glad you mentioned Seiya Suzuki because I thought that, that's kind of key. I'll throw on Brendan Davis there, too, because yeah. I think he will be a big part of the Cubs outfield moving forward. Um, there's there's a multitude of guys that I think we are started seeing their potential in 2022, like Justin Steele and like Nico Horner, what they can do. And it's going to be fun and interesting to see what they can do in 2023, 2024, and beyond. Yeah, and I, I think this is such a great question because there are notable omissions there. And it's like, do they become part of the Cubs' future? Nick Madrigal very well could. Yeah. And Hap signs extension, he very well could be a part of the future. You know, Christopher Morrell, like, it, depending on what he does, or Brandon Davis yeah. or any of these other guys, could be a part of the future. Yeah. Like, you know, Edward Alzelay, he could, of course, he could step up. Right. Caleb Killian, like, Brandon Hughes is probably in, in, in some form or fashion. So I think they're, you know, answering those questions, some of the other Cubs prospects coming up. But, like, Nico Horner, it all starts with that with me. I, you know, bold prediction, whatever. I don't think Nico Horner plays a game for any team that's not the Cubs in his whole career. I think he stays here. I think they love him. I think he's perfect in so many regards. So, like, I don't think he'll ever play another game that's not in a Cubs uniform. And the quick thing I want to mention, too, is, like, Nick Madrigal, these, these, about staying healthy. And these were the same kind of questions we were having last season with Nico Horner, right? Yeah. It was like, can Nico Horner stay healthy? Can he play full 162? Can he, can he, you know, play at a good level? I'm not saying that Nick Madrigal can come out and play gold glove level, gold glove level defense and, and be a, be a 4.5 war player at second base or anything. But I'm just saying we can't just dismiss Nick Madrigal 
Uh, and and he, he, there's totally he can totally stay healthy next season, like we saw it happen with Nico Horner this year. Definitely. Um, Samir DeGoat asked, favorite dance? Uh, so let's take this one route, favorite dancer. We're yes. not really sure if it was favorite dance. I am particularly the gritty. I love it in NFL celebration. Can't do it. Don't even ask me. Yeah. But like uh, favorite dancer on the Cubs, you had a great one for this. I thought Nelson Velasquez. Yep. Nelson Velasquez in the clubhouse, I mentioned it earlier, always dancing, always got a good vibe to him. Uh, the final home game when they won and Go Cubs Go is playing, he's the one that's just kind of vibing along to the song while everyone's just clapping. I think it's Nelson Velasquez's best dancer on the Cubs. Uh, I thought Patrick Wisdom. I love that clip That's that we had in, in Cubs Live in a pregame show. I think it was in 2021, but it yeah. was him dancing and showing off his moves. He did it again when uh, Ian Happ was mic'd up with Boog, JD, and Glanville uh, in the pregame show during BP ones. He was dancing a little bit out there. So Patrick Wisdom for me, favorite dancer. I think he also is like underrated. Like he's an athletic guy, but I wasn't expecting him to have those kind of moves. Yeah, he's so. got really really good moves. Yeah, so I'll throw the underrated aspect in there for sure. Chris and that's a really good question, uh, and Arvister, I it's just a bunch of letters together, also asked one as well. Um, Chris asked, if made available, would the Cubs be in on Rafael Devers? A lefty bat, bat at third base would be nice, and if so, what could a potential trade package look like? And then the other question, separate, was trade for Mike Trout with three question marks. I think any talk of a trade makes total sense. I'm not 100% sure that they'd be in on like a Mike Trout range. Yeah. Given you know he's had issues staying healthy and, and where he has you know in his career and you know um, he seems to love it in, in Anaheim. Yeah, and the, It'd be Anaheim thirty-one loves next year, him. I think. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I think a return would be astronomical. I, yes, if Mike Trout's available, you definitely go in sure. on the conversations. Are they going to get Mike Trout? Very likely not. It's a. It's can you win the lottery? Yes. Yeah. Are you going to win the lottery? Probably not. Right, like the asking the package for that would have to be absolutely insane. Right. Rafael Devers is a lot more realistic. As for what it would take, I don't know. This, yeah. These are always really hard because I don't know where the Boston front office values it or where the Cubs front office values. Um, I, I couldn't put a trade package together personally. Like I think that would be difficult. Did you have one that you no, thought of? I, you know, I think it would take some combination of pitching and you know, maybe you're looking at some – lower level high-end guy maybe like a kevin alcantara or a christian hernandez something like that because rafael devers i mean if you haven't watched rafael devers he's a really really great third baseman offensively can can do it all was player of the month i believe in like may like he is just a very very valuable player that you know i think is sometimes gets overlooked uh in boston for what he can do offensively yeah and i mean going back to especially in the outfield depth but just the overall prospect depth the cubs have some of these guys won't hit. That's just the nature yeah, of it, the prospects right, right. coming up. But some will, and Canario and Davis are already knocking on the door. You have a role player like Darius Hill already available mm-hmm. to play outfield. You know, you have Christopher Morrell, Nelson Velasquez, who already got big league experience. Especially in the outfield, it looks like there's kind of a glut of players. You mentioned Kevin Alcantara. Then you have Jordan Nwogu, who's coming up, you know, through the system. And obviously, Pete Crow Armstrong. I think... PCA is probably one guy that they won't trade. Right. I know David Ross really values that defense and potential in center. That's still a couple years down the line. Any of those other guys, I could see being up for a trade. They The Cubs have prospect currency in addition to that financial flexibility. I do. I would not be surprised at all if there is some sort of trade. I don't know if it's the level of Devers. I, I'm not expecting something to the level of Otani or Trout this winter. Right. But like 
I could see that. I think it'd probably be more likely for pitching, a starting yeah. pitcher, controllable guy, like what the what the Blue Jays did for Jose Barrios. Like that made a lot of sense. Yep. If there's something like that out there for the Cubs. Or what the Mariners did with Luis Castillo. Exactly. Like that would make a lot of sense, I would think, from a Cubs perspective. That being said, they need left-handed bats. They need good hitters. They need a third baseman probably long-term. And they need a guy who can hit in the middle of the order. Like Rafael Devers is all I of think that. Those, yeah, those were all checked. I'm just Yeah. Kind of, yep, 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 they're all yeah, checked. Yeah, so like... So I, that makes a lot of sense. That, you know, I, if I'm the Red Sox, like I, because I want to try to put together a potential trade package. If I'm the Red Sox, and again, I've never been in this spot, <laughs> I'd probably start by asking for like a Steeler Thompson. Probably yeah. be turned away. Probably ask for Wesneski. Probably be turned away. But probably want something like a Killian, Canario package. Maybe Alcantara if you want to, you know, bet on that upside. Right. And then some other guys like, you know, Reginald Preciado, Christian Hernandez, some of these younger guys who are you know, a, a few years away, but like probably something like a, a near big league ready pitcher, like a Killian or yeah. an Assad or something like that. And then a guy like Canario or Alcantara, depending on if you want to dream of the upside or a guy who's close to big league ready. And that's not to say, you know, the Red Sox weren't, I mean, they were in the playoffs last year. They're not too yeah. far away. They could just say, hey, you know, we really think we got a shot next year. If we do one or two things, we're going to keep Devers and, and he's not going to become available. So there's, there's no guarantee to that. They would, they would have maybe even what we're talking about. They'd, they'd still want more because they would want to be blown away because they they think their Devers is a close piece to, to making them in the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, we also talk about Xander Bogarts being available among the shortstop market. I don't see a scenario where the Red Sox get rid of both Bogarts and Devers. Yeah. I think if they get rid, of, if they trade away Devers, it's to re-sign Bogarts. And if they re-sign Bogarts and you know, or like whatever, I guess yeah. vice versa. If Bogarts walks in free agency, I I would be hard pressed to see them. Get rid of the entire left side of their infield and blow this up because, right. like you said, I don't think they just signed Trevor Story. They just they're, yeah. They're, yeah, there's no there's no guarantee that Rafael Devers is available in the market. Yeah, but he would so, be a great player to add. Sure, and this is a great thing to ask about and to talk about on exactly. the Cubs Weekly Podcast here. So uh, we absolutely appreciate the question. Uh, definitely keep all of these coming. We're going to do another one of these probably later in the offseason before the season starts. But this was a ton of fun. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. Uh, thank you for the fun questions about Star Wars, MCU, all that other stuff. We really appreciate like just that. Not, not like We love talking baseball, but like some of the personality stuff. I always appreciate Andy nerding out because it's <laughs> kind of fun to watch. So, uh, so thank you guys for listening, tuning in. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Check us out in video form on the Marquee Sports Network app and YouTube. Thanks again, guys.